0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Along with the Christmas gifts under the tree, the American people will receive another gift a bit of a white elephant i think Uh, it's a 1.7 trillion dollar omnibus spending package the senate could vote on that Uh, i think they have to vote on that tonight if they're going to give the house time to deal with that but what's in it why does it matter what's a good bargain and what are the white elephants that we're all going to be paying for for decades to come let's begin think you know the news of the day think again Well, later today, we do expect the Senate will vote on the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill, 4,155 pages. Uh, We think there'll be somewhere close to 7,500 earmark uh, spending pieces uh, in that legislation. How do we get here? How do we get out of here? How's it going to impact us as taxpayers? Uh, Patrick Hedger is the director of the Taxpayer Protection Alliance, joins us on the line. And uh, Patrick, uh, give us uh, some sense. Uh, I know you're One of those few people who actually is reading the bill and looking for what's actually in it. Uh, What are we discovering as we go through that massive bill?
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, what we're discovering is sort of just a Christmas tree. of all of these different, um, you know, really stereotypical bad earmarks, right? There's like a couple million here for the Michelle Obama Trail. There's a couple million there for a wax museum, Uh, There's a few million here for various uh, progressive groups and unions. Um, It's just a bunch of really laughable things that, of course, everybody tells you, oh, well, these are just a drop in the bucket. It's not a big deal. But the problem is, for the better part of the last few decades, we've left the bucket out in the rain, and it's full. (laughs) And if you, you you keep putting drops in the bucket of a million here or a million there or a couple billion every bill, eventually you get to the situation that we're in now. Um, and that, so that, we're really troubled by that. But probably the most troubling thing isn't the, the earmarks; it's it's the all the increased spending for regulatory agencies to hmm. to do a regulatory onslaught uh, once Republicans have control of the House.
1: Yeah, uh, that is a uh, a fantastic piece we got to get to in terms of the regulatory components to all of that uh, massive amounts there that often keep uh, big corporations or those who can afford an army of lawyers and lobbyists. Uh, to do well and to keep the competition out. We, we often don't think about that. And so break that down for us a little bit. Uh, we often hear that big, business, big, big businesses whine and complain about regulation, but in some ways they kind of like it because it, it uh, kind of creates a barrier to entry for some of those smaller uh, hungry companies that are on their way up to actually compete.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a perfect example is like minimum wage regulation, right? There's only some companies that can afford that. So sometimes companies will come out and say, ah, well, you know, we're paying well above the minimum wage and we should you should raise it to what we're paying, knowing that their competitors can't afford to pay it. And, that, you know, that happens with any sort of other regulation, too, whether it's an environmental regulation with an enormous cost, you know, some sort of equipment that they have to put on their or fixtures they have to put on their equipment to reduce the environmental impact that are super expensive that their competitors can't afford, or uh, various carve-outs, right? There's, there's all sorts of regulatory carve-outs that will sometimes say, ah, it doesn't apply to this very narrow category of business, um, which maybe one or two companies will fit in. And it's, it's concerning because... We know we, Now that Democrats see that they're not going to have total control of Congress, um, they understand they're not going to be able to get anything through. And so once again, all of the new legislating is going to move even more so into the executive branch. Um, and we see increased funding in this ominous bill for radicalized agencies like the NLRB and the FTC to the tune of several million dollars. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.
1: Wow. Uh, and, and those things, uh, the regulatory stuff drives me crazy because a lot of those things that are just so over the top and so unnecessary, it becomes this burden. Like I said, it often protects big business and often really hurts the entrepreneurs and the small businesses, which really are the heart and soul of the economy in the United States. Uh, as you look at it generally, anything else that stands out to you uh, in terms of things we as taxpayers ought to be watching for or demanding from our elected officials?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, this is not super popular on the right, but the the increased military spending, right? That's that's one way that Democrats would continue to lure Republicans into voting for these bills. But at the same time, look, a, a dollar a dollar taxed and a dollar spent, whether it's on defense or or other wasteful spending programs, um, you know, that has that same long term budget impact. And so Republicans need to get serious about things like Pentagon accountability as well. I mean, I'm all for having the strongest military in the world, but. You know, we can't keep pumping hundreds of billions of dollars after weapons systems that don't work, uh, like clockwork. There's got to be greater accountability there. So there's a major across-the-board increase for the Pentagon as well in this budget that uh, you know Republicans need to call that out as well and show that they're serious about spending across the board.
1: Yeah, and Patrick, I'm so gra- glad you raised that. We're, we're equal opportunity offenders on this show, so we will uh, offend both sides because I, I'm absolutely convinced that it is impossible – to get $31 trillion in debt through conflict. Uh, It's through collusion, and the collusion usually happens in a big omnibus bill where we don't have any transparency into the process. There's no debate in front of the American people. There's no amendment process to to make it better or to tweak it. Uh, And it also sort of absolves Congress from specific accountability for the outcomes because they can say, well, you know, we had to because the winter was coming. Christmas was almost here. A snow, a snowmageddon was on its way. And, you know, it was either vote for all of this or, you know, we were going to push grandma off the cliff and uh, those false choices uh, I think are what really continue to hurt us when it comes to all this spending.
2: No, you're absolutely right about that. And, And for folks that don't think the spending is a big deal, We've been saying for years that this was going to come back to bite us as soon as interest rates began to adjust to historical norms. Mm-hmm. The federal government's got away with borrowing trillions and trillions of dollars since the financial crisis because interest rates were really low historically, almost zero percent for the right. federal government. But even at even at almost zero percent, we're talking hundreds of billions a year. And now with that interest rates have adjusted, and our debt is as high as it is. That debt service cost is beginning to rival that of our military budget. It will begin to eat up even more of our budget as time goes on. Uh, this is just completely unsustainable. It puts everything, including Medicare, Social Security, and the military at risk. And, and we just can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all for honesty on this program. And, and uh, again, the, both sides are, are guilty on this. And it is a, a collusion component that they just – wrap all this up so they get what they want or they need for their reelection uh, and taxpayers end up paying for it. And uh, And I'm so glad you, you raised the point of the interest rate. Uh, it has been at almost zero. Uh, and if that goes up to just historic averages, not even a huge spike, just a historic average, uh, we'll, we'll be spending uh, more on those interest alone payments uh, than uh, a lot of those other big budget items we often complain about uh, in a budget. Uh, and so as you look at it moving forward, Patrick, what are the things that uh, we ought to be demanding uh, as we as we move this forward? Because, one, we know this is going to pass probably tonight in the Senate and tomorrow in the House. So everyone can get out of D.C. in time for the holidays and uh, avoid the snowstorm. Uh, But what should we be looking at? What should we be demanding as we get into 2023?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the near term, should, you know, what we should have been demanding was a continuing resolution into next year. One of the big problems we have is we have a lot of members of Congress that are not no longer going to be in office next year that voted for this budget. They got all sorts of goodies, and they're leaving without any sort of accountability. Um, so we need to stop that uh, in future cycles as well. Um, but we should be demanding that first we need to begin looking at entitlement reform, as un- unpopular as that is. I mean, the, the Social Security trust funds, um, they're running low, and those programs will begin to automatically cut themselves if we don't do something to adjust the kind of you know, qualifications or what, what's going in or what's going out. At some point, those, those programs will cut themselves, whether we like it or not. Um, and we also need to look at spending freezes, freezing spending increases to be in line with the growth of the economy. The only way we're actually going to get out of this mess is, is to grow ourselves out of this mess. But we can't keep increasing federal government spending faster than the economy itself is growing. And that's what we've been doing. It's becoming a greater and greater share of GDP. That's why what Rand, something like Rand Paul has proposed, the penny plan, is brilliant. Yeah. If you just freeze government spending at a very or, or do a one percent cut within a matter of you know two or three years, you get to a more sustainable situation. It's not huge and it's not unrealistic to ask all of these multi billion dollar agencies to find a penny for every dollar that they spend.
1: Yeah, 1% uh, can make all the difference in the world, and uh, that applies to our personal finances as as well as it does to government finances. Uh, Patrick Hedger, uh, always great insight, director of the Taxpayer Protection Alliance, uh, important discussion there. Uh, Thanks for joining us today.
2: Hey, thank you for having me.
1: All right, great insight there from uh, Patrick, and uh, as you know, there's so many things that uh, I do not like that are in this omnibus. The process itself uh, Congress needs to do its job, do it right, do it in September. Uh, do the hearings, do all of the appropriations uh, bills uh, during the course of the year, put all those 12, line them up, vote on them, and move it forward. Uh, and we have to get to that. If we don't, we'll end up having what we have now, which is a big mess, a lot of spending. Uh, I love that Patrick pointed out that look, we're going to have to look at entitlement, or entitlement will start to have to cut itself. And so we can start making adjustments now. Uh, or we can have big draconian cuts later. And again, don't say you're doing this to help the poor and the most vulnerable, because that's who's going to get hurt the most if we don't get this straight. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio.
0: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten.